Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. And I'm Herbert Gerzer, founder of HerbertGerzer.com. And today we are focused on a pretty cool topic, which is mm. how to use relationship-based marketing to grow your tutoring business. Yes. Uh, now, the reason we wanted to talk on this one was, you know, Herbert and I both have businesses that it's all about building relationships <laughs> and having relationships over a, a long period. So it really resonated with us when we came across Michael, who we're going to introduce in a second. Um, but, you know, LearnCube, what we do is we specialize in helping online language and tutoring businesses to grow with our virtual classroom and online school solution. And so... Every time we bring on a new customer, they not, not only know us through the sales process, but even beyond that, uh, every single customer should really understand who we are, um, who the faces are in our team, and kind of really do build that sense of uh, being on a partnership and being on a journey together. So this, as I say, this relationship-based marketing made a lot of sense to me. And Herbert, I mean, yours more than ever. Like, it's <laughs> HerbertGoetzer.com. So. Most definitely. I'm, I'm basically selling myself. And yeah, with that comes a lot of uh, yeah, relationship building. I mean, you know, the, the ad agency runs uh, paid campaigns. We control and manage budgets uh, of our clients. So trust is a huge factor and nurturing um, those relationships as well. And I mean, the, the same goes for say language schools and tutoring companies, uh, you know, buying a uh, a course or a tutoring session isn't usually just a uh, buy and see you later kind of thing. Um, there is a lot of nurturing that that needs to take place in uh, all stages of the student journey. That's it. And actually, what I'm really excited about today is we've um, got Michael Gibbon uh, on the call with us today, mm. and I'm really excited about talking to him because not only does you know is this his kind of main part of his work is around relationship based marketing. But because, you know, he's also started from being a tutor, he's actually worked for over a decade as a tutor. Um, he used relationship-based uh, marketing techniques to grow his business. And, you know, he's now actually using that to coach others through his business, Coach for Tutors. So I'm Fantastic. really excited to have you on the on the show, Michael. <laughs> Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, Alex, and thank you, Herbert. I look forward to being here today. Um, so... It was really interesting that I immediately thought, you know, I was wondering, like, do we all have the same understanding of what relationship-based marketing is? <laughs> and I'd love to hear what your kind of take on that is, uh, Michael. Sure thing, Alex. So um, from experience as, as, a, as an educator, as a tutor, I really feel that relationship-based marketing is rooted in building connections, building trust, because you're working with a family's VIPs, you're working with their children, and it's mm. really about taking that time to nurture the relationship with the parent and guardian, with the child, so they will trust who you are going into to work with their child to help them grow in their confidence, their academia, and in turn, they will they will want to help you grow. So it's yeah. very reciprocal process in that regard, and just taking the time to get to know them and really be there for them. And in turn, they'll want to share and spread the word. Yeah, this is going to be cool. So, and Herbert, what was your take when you heard, hey, relationship-based marketing? I mean, yeah, uh, definitely building connections and trust, as, as Michael said. I also um, 
you know, tied it in with a bit of permission-based marketing. So, so really, you know, not spamming people, but, uh, providing authentic, valuable content in, in kind of small bite-sized pieces to build on that relationship. You know, you can automate some of that, of course, uh, through videos, through email nurturing. Um, yeah. And, and just, uh, stacking, uh, upon that, uh, that trust. That's, that's really good. And I, I think one of the other ways to help understand what relationship-based marketing is by understanding its opposite, which I really thought was really around this idea of sort of transaction-based marketing, mm. which is I send an ad out there, I get a response, maybe I get a sale, you know, they're hooked, um, I get the sale, and then they're off the hook and I'm on for another fish. Uh, so there's a real sense of like in and out and no real sense of continuity or building mm ongoing trust and ongoing relationships. Yeah, and um, to kind of go off that point, uh, Alex, with uh, with tutoring and what I often share with clients um, is that we're building a relationship, not a financial transaction, because there's always that temptation as a tutor to put your price out there and, you know, I'm the lowest possible value and here's the lowest possible price and cheap, 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 and you're I'm free this, free that. Build the relationship. You know, yeah. don't make it about the financial transaction. Yeah, it definitely seems education in particular, it's hard not to create a sense of relationship as a core part of that buying process. Um, because, you know, it's not going to be a one, a one-off. Like, uh, I imagine, Michael, you might be working with a, a child at one age, might not see them for another year, and then they might come back. I'm, I'm sure that's not an mm. uncommon situation in tutoring. No, not at all. And sometimes it's several years between seeing them. So, so. <laughs> Really about, um, again, like just think back what were, you know, what were some, some things about them before, from before and bring that up in the conversation. So for example, we had a student that uh, left, came back a year later. They were big into like select and, and AAA hockey. Bring that up. Oh, are they still playing hockey? Oh, what position are they in? Oh, that's so great to hear. You're, you're, if you recall that to the parent they're, and guardian, they're thrilled to hear that because you're showing that you recall that about them. And they're more eager to want to share some of the other stuff that's going on in their lives. And then from there, hey, let's set up a meeting and get reacquainted. So, I, think that's, that. I think that's really great because it, it definitely ties into this idea of like a con, an ongoing conversation. Like there's no, there's no cut in between. And I think you've really articulated that well, that sense of ongoing conversation, because that's valuable, right? Because if you have to start the conversation every single time, there's all of that friction and then there's all, you know, which can impact the sale from happening again. Uh, or, you know, there's a hesitation. So they're not willing to maybe go for your most valuable product because they haven't, they're like, Oh, I'm starting from trust zero one rather mm. than having kept that relationship over the years. And they're still at relationship built, you know, level five or six or 10. Yeah, and something that, um, that I often, I still do and I, I did with, with, um, like over the years is, Never hurts to check in with the families a few times a year, even if they've left your company like temporarily. Check in and don't make it about your business. Don't make it about your tutoring specials. Just check in. And I found I more that. often than not, that's when they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, maybe we could do some tutoring. And that's re-sparking the conversation without being like, hey, I got a sale. Da, 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 da. Just ask how they're doing and just let it flow from there. I really like that, Michael. I think we should definitely bring that back in a later part of this conversation because uh, I think a lot of people are good at keeping relationships when they're paying, 
and then turning off the relationship when they're not paying. And mm. I think you've already hit something that I think is going to be really important for our listeners of how, particularly in education, if you know, each one of those people is a mouthpiece for you, and that means if you're not having something that's useful for them, then they're not going to remember to, no. to, to, to speak your praise. So let's come back to that point. Um, but one thing I want to get back to, and I think actually you're already alluding to the benefits, but you know, why should people care about relationship-based marketing? Like, Why is it actually helpful? Well, I think relationship-based marketing is helpful because you are creating an authenticity. And, and people, like they see so many ads out there for tutoring, and it's such a highly competitive market with people offering this package and that package, and I have this kind of experience, people, your experience and what you, your qualifications, credentials, packages, that's all at that beginning moment, that is all secondary. It is about who, who, how can you help them? What problem are you going to solve? And listening, just keeping your ears open and, and your heart open and listening to what they are at telling you, and that will help to drive that the conversation towards working with you as, you know, a tutor in 2T. So that's very important. You're building the trust, you know, beyond the ads, and that's very important. So I'm just probably going to rephrase that. So it's really helpful because it builds trust, Mm -hmm. which helps your business by making it easy to make the sale, makes it easy to make further sales, and also just makes the whole relationship much, much easier. If anything goes wrong, you've got trust. You know, you can kind of mend things so much easier. So it's not just a business front. It impacts your customer service, your support, and every part of your business if you get this right. You got it, Alex. Exactly. You're trying to build that trust that and that authenticity and that, that, that circle. And, yeah, if there's any frays or fractures there, it's a lot easier to mend than if you were just saying, here, let's buy this product. See you later. And also, I think you've said something around standing out, right? Like if you've got a relationship versus somebody, you know, like there are lots of other tutoring agencies. If they don't have a relationship, like already you're just like it's not even just a little bit ahead. You're just so much further ahead than anyone else, regardless of what resources they are. And I once heard a a quote from someone around relationship-based marketing that uh, it's very difficult to fire a friend. And I think that's, <laughs> you know, that, 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 that sounds, um, maybe it sounds wrong, but, you know, once you've built up a relationship, even if something goes pear-shaped or wrong in the future, you know, all that rapport has been built up and it's very difficult to, you know, sever ties with someone you're friendly with. Yeah, because you're not severing it with a, a company anymore. You're severing it with a exactly. relationship, you know, and a relationship yeah. that you've built value around. Really good point mm. there. That's an excellent point. So let's get into some more nitty-gritty of, like, some examples of what relationship-based marketing actually looks like. Because uh, I think it's easy to kind of talk on these terms of, like, building trust and, like, gradual permission. But what does that actually look like? in practical terms when think people are you know, applying a marketing strategy. Michael, what do you think? Yeah, so for from my own experience um, and what I share with others is just really on the, the best thing you can do, it doesn't matter if your student is four or 40, get to know who they are as people. Just get to know them. It's something that I would often, when I was having that initial Zoom meeting or call with a, with a parent or guardian, and say, oh, 
you know, I would love to know more about, we'll say, Dylan, for example. I'd love to know more about Dylan's interests. Like, outside of school, what is Dylan into? Oh, well, Dylan's into drama and art and hockey. That's great because now they're opening up about who their child is, and you can you, you can use those wonderful nuggets of information to create further rapport and create an unforgettable interest-based first meeting. So you can have you can help this child with what they need help with in terms of learning style, academia, confidence, all those pieces. But you have spin it about the interest of the student. You, that's a hook, and that engages them in the learning. And I can tell you from experience that. More so than any assessment I ever did, personality, academic, et cetera, et cetera, the biggest point of sale for a parent was my child loved meeting you. That will be the key for you. If you're if the child's approved, that will really be the takeoff point for you to get in there. So that's why it's so important to get to know who they are and build those connections so you can have an, the best possible chance to build the connection, build the relationship, build the sale, build on from there, an ongoing tutoring relationship. I love that phrase, child-approved uh, tutor. <laughs> I think that's such a great phrase, particularly in this space. You should trademark it. <laughs> <laughs> child-approved uh, tutors. One thing I would add, or just really taking from what you've said there, um, Michael, is around who's the best listener. I bet if I, I'm not a parent, but if I was, I bet you I'd choose the, 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 the company or the tutor that felt like they were the best listener. Um, because, I mean, they're going to know and understand my kid way better than anybody else and therefore be able to personalize and help. There's nothing that would put me off faster than somebody going, great, so it sounds like you're interested in tutoring. Well, look, we have these plans. You know, like mm. already you're like, God, now I'm going through a sales process. It's going to be awful. sell, yeah. 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 I Listening is so, so important. Really, the, the prospect should be talking 80% of the call, right? Um, you're gathering information. You're asking relevant questions to find out what their real need is, their wishes, their pain points, their goals. And then at the end, once they've kind of divulged everything to you, you circle back. Um, you tell them, you, you maybe uh, give them some testimonials. This is, you know, how we've helped people in the past in exactly your situation. And this is the solution for you. Nice. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely, Herbert. Herbert, you might also have some ideas on how, like, so there's one part is, is this, like, you're in a one-to-one experience, maybe in an mm-hmm. online classroom, like, you know, even LearnQube or whatever. You do, you're doing this initial session mm-hmm. um, and you're building that rapport. So I get that, and I think a lot of people will understand how that is about relationships. Mm-hmm. For me, the thing that's really interesting is how do you systemize relationship-based marketing? And I wonder if either of you have some practical ways of ensuring that the relationship-based marketing happens, even if you're super busy and you've got no time to apparently do it anymore. Absolutely. I mean, you know, mo- most of the consultation calls um, you have might not go your way. They probably never reply back or mm-hmm. uh, you know, buy your service, but that doesn't mean the relationship has ended. Um, they should be in your email list. You should have permission to, to email them. And really, you know, I, I do this with, with the agency, is to use drip campaigns, so sending out uh, emails or bits of valuable content to them on a regular basis so you keep top of mind. They know you're still there, um, even though they haven't bought from you yet. Um, whether that's, um, you know, tips, strategies on, you know, to get them to their goal, 
provide some testimonials. Again, you're building trust with each kind of email. Love it. And it seems like there's there's no downside to that, right? So the only reason that you should stop is you notice people unsubscribing or um, mm. or blocking you. And you can usually right. see that if you're using any kind of even remotely sophisticated email newsletter software, there'll be your unsubscribe rate and your block or your spam rate. Now, if that's mm. high, then you're doing something wrong with those e- emails. But if you're not seeing anything change there, they're giving you permission to, to keep on keep on going for it and and really should be looking for, okay, what are the what are the value adds here that keep people on that list and keep that relationship strong? And I, I love this idea of tension in a relationship. Like <laughs> if you let the slack go, you know, that's when people leave, right? Because there's no yeah. there's no tension between two parties. And I say that in a really positive way, but if you've got that continuity or that cadence is what creates that tension between relationships. Perfect. And um, I love what Herbert said about, yeah, like the, the slow drip campaigns and just automating things and having that thing front of mind. And that's great. Mm. I also find um, as well with tutoring, um, you if you have a team of tutors, it's really about your tutors are now going to be taking on the torch. They're going to continue that wonderful experience that maybe that you started when you've worked, when you had that initial meeting with a family but how do you keep that going? And so it's really making sure that your tutors feel confident, they feel comfortable, and they know they can go in and deliver an amazing service and continue that continuity of professionalism and engagement and and care. And by continuing that, these tutors become your ambassadors and in turn the clients become your ambassadors to network about your amazing services. So it really, and with your email drip and automations, like Herbert said, you're, you're really creating this community of, of, of relationships and marketing. So it's fantastic. Love so, it. so you've got like a practical step of like certainly in that initial um, when you get them on a consultation and, um, and that kind of thing. We talked about that. You talked about maybe using email drips um, campaigns before they even have that maybe consult with you or that initial interaction with you or even beyond that, and I loved your tip on that, Michael, afterwards. The other aspect I was kind of curious about was this is something also really applies to language schools, which are a lot of part, you know, a lot of people that are listening here also maybe running a language school. Same thing, tutors and teachers both have to fulfill this role. They are the absolute ambassadors for the mm. brand. So my question to you, uh, Michael, as well, is how do you stop being a marketplace where you lose all of that relationship, really. You know, you, you kind of make the sale uh, as the company, you find the tutor, and then they carry on that torch. How do you keep that torch not just between now the tutor and the student alone, but also part of that company and that, that brand? Right. Um, I think it's it's really, um, when I started, it was a bit of trial and error with this, but um, I, find, I found what worked best is just doing monthly or every six weeks doing check-ins. Nice. Not, not investigations or how are things going, blah, 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 but just a check-in. How are you doing? Mm. Oh, he's going with, uh, so and, you know, with, the, with so-and-so. And just and on both ends, connect with the tutor. Is there anything that I can do to help? How are things going? How are you finding it? And just, and just getting their opinions on how things are going. And I find that being proactive like that, it's showing your tutor that you care about them and who they are and what they're doing and you respect what they're doing, but you're not micromanaging them. And with a 
parent or guardian, you're still showing up and you're still, and if, as you get bigger and bigger, you may have to do it through email, but I find just a short 10 minute call set up is just checking in every six weeks is a great way to just keep that connection going. So if there are any things that need to be addressed, you, you're not just a figurehead. You're someone that they continually know, know, and you can build and continue to build that trust with. And as Herbert said, you build that trust. I think you might have said it too, Alex. It's a lot easier to mend and course correct. And same with mm. the two, a lot easier to, to discuss and have a dialogue if you, in, if you're in connection with them versus them being virtual strangers after the initial uh, meetup between student and tutor. And you, re- I think, really want to be proactive with it, right? Uh, I love that tip because there's nothing worse than getting a fiery email from a customer um, when it could have been uh, solved by just checking in, uh, either with the tutor or with a customer directly. So I, I, I really like that. You want to nip things in the bud um, before they get out of hand. Absolutely. Yeah, or go back to the old gardening analogy. You know, you want to take up those weeds, right? And the only way mm. that you can do that is by doing the chickens. I, I definitely like this. I, I've seen it uh, countless times in terms of the really successful companies that we work with at LearnQ, but the ones that do really well are the ones that have – there's got to be a teach relationship, but there has to be a company parent or or company stakeholder kind of relationship as well. When you only have the teacher as the, 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 the basically it's a, you know, a single leg chair. Like if that's mm. the only thing that they're relying on, if anything goes tits up with the teacher, that's it. There's nothing else to rely on. Whereas what you're saying there uh, as well, Michael, is about having that third person that's always like the coordinator, like the, hey, I'm just checking in. Like if you have, like it's, it's another point of contact, which seems just crucial in today's like support and service-based um, education system. Absolutely, it, it's and like you said, it's it's avoiding that disconnect if things go awry, and it's it's being proactive and engaging, and yeah, showing that you're still you're still a part of this process, and it's it's and again, it's that also it's brand awareness too that you're 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 a human in this, you're not just a faceless company. Very cool. So what are some of the other ideas you have, Michael, around creating the, these relationships? Uh, so other ways that you can that you can build relationships to grow your business um, is like there's referral based marketing is critical. That's which we, we touched a bit on as well. And, you know, connecting with your families and, and setting up you know ways that you can build referrals. And I think one of the biggest things that maybe some of your listeners it might resonate with I know it resonated with me and I've heard it from my clients is there's a fear to ask for referrals. There's this, this, this innate fear of, Oh my gosh, I can't ask because if I ask, I'm being salesy, I'm being cheap, I'm being this. Mm. It's okay to ask. And I know it's easier said than done, but just <laughs> it's okay to ask after usually benchmark after six to eight weeks or at the high point, you've built some relationship with your client. They're at a high point. That's an okay time to ask because you'll find that the best case scenario, the parents eager, excited, want to refer you or leave you a review. Worst case, oh, no thanks, not right now. Or they'll be polite and say, sure, and then nothing happens from it. But that's okay. You ask, it's not going to impact things negatively. If you're doing an amazing job, it should, it, it'll flow. It will flow. But have a structure in mind and think of ways to ask for that referral that uh, are authentic to you and authentic for them. Uh, joint ventures are really big as well. Um, that, that could be a whole other podcast on joint ventures, <laughs> business networking, but 
connecting with other people in the community that could have a synergy with you. So it could be for joint ventures. If you're a tutoring company, it could be sports academies, drama camps, music uh, clubs, um, dentists, because they work with children, uh, you know, doctors. I mean, there's a whole network of people you could reach out to in your community to see if there's a synergy and reach out to them from how can you help them? Not just, hey, I've got this company, give me clients. No. <laughs> reach out, yeah. how can you help them? And same with business networking. Find a business networking group. It was a game changer for my own business. Find that business networking group that's going to help you and you can help them. And it's also important when you're doing a business networking, smaller is better. 20 to 25 people is your sweet spot. You don't want to go to a big one-night-only 400-person event. You're going to leave with a stack of business cards, sore feet, and no clue who anybody was. So <laughs> just a piece of it. But that's, yeah, Love that's, the tips. Yeah, so those are just a few tips of just how you can apply relationship-based marketing. And the biggest thing with all three of those is consistency and authenticity and just providing, but, but reciprocating and providing something for them as well is very important. Makes, makes a lot of sense. I really like that reciprocation and relationship aspect. Herbert, do you have any other final kind of ideas around relationship-based marketing and how people can apply it? Uh, being out of the ordinary sometimes. Um, doing, doing the unexpected, uh, whether that be uh, writing a personal email to a customer when it's their birthday um, or sending them a little gift uh, you know, at Christmas, you know, these things that we used to do 20 years ago when there was, uh, you know, snail mail and, you know, people weren't uh, on the internet so much. You know, it, it, it really, uh, um, provides a lot of value and it's a nice, uh, token of appreciation. Uh, I, I also want, am noticing, uh, I don't feel like they work that well before the relationship has been built. But I'm, no, actually, no, no, no. but I'm actually thinking that there's some really great techniques of when you've built that connection. And that's using even like um, services like Loom or other kind of recording systems. Mm. And you just do a little, a little video link. Um, you just send it through with your email. And so instead of you just writing away, you know, doing an email, which may be feeling like, okay, you know, this is one out of a million kind mm. of emails that have been sent out. It's like, you can't, at least in today's age, we don't feel that you can fake the video. <laughs> uh, so if you're like, hey, Herbert, I just wanted to check in with you. Um, we're really excited to still be working with, you know, you know, X, Y, and Z child of yours that I'm making fictitious, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> making up for you, Herbert. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to check in with you and see how you were going on. Because then you can really push your whole brand personality yeah. just like, you are maybe even doing in your marketing, but you can get a lot more emotion and a lot more interest out of that. So I think that could be one. Personalized, yeah. Yeah, one, mm -hmm. one tip to try. The other thing that you can try is, I, I think a lot of services now, you can schedule emails in advance. So rather than going, you know what, I'm going to put that in the diary and then I'm going to send an email uh, three months from now. If you can, and if you've got no other option, I would really suggest you just schedule those emails straight away. Make them personal. You can still make them personalized because I could say, hey, Michael, I know that you're really into to baseball or whatever. I'd be like, oh, you know, it's great to see baseball season starting again. Hey, I just wanted to check in with you and make sure everything was you know, working really well with the, the tutoring service. So you can kind of already know what's going to come up ahead, and, and it really avoids you getting stuck in the 
problem of I've got no time, and then mm. the whole system starts falling to pieces. Very cool. Well, I, I think we're near the end of our session today. I hope you've learned um, a lot more about relationship-based marketing. I've really enjoyed the conversation with you, Michael, by the way. Thanks so much. Thanks, Michael. Well, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Herbert, as well. Much appreciated. Yeah. So uh, just on that, before you go, Michael, how can people learn a lot? Like you have a lot of information yeah. and ideas around this. I know that you've even got you, you coach tutors. How can people learn more and learn more about what you do? Sure. Uh, they can go to www.coachfortutors.com and um, they can uh, find out more information about um, just some different resources for building their tutoring businesses. It's on that site a little bit about myself. Um, also, I have at the, in the shop there, I have two ebooks that I recently released on uh, 10 plus uh, steps for successful launch and the successful growth of your tutoring business. And awesome. for your members, I have a special promo of CFT10 to get, uh, yeah, to get a special uh, ra- uh, rate for their uh, for the books and uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn as well fantastic definitely um, hit, hit Michael up he's a, really a wealth of knowledge and, and Herbert likewise where can people find you uh, they can go to my website herbertgerza.com fantastic and if you're interested in you know building a business online or growing that part of your online tutoring or language business try it our free virtual classroom just go to tinyurl.com slash gms free vc gms free vc and uh, it'll be great to have you on board but in the meantime thank you so much for listening uh at the get more students podcast what we really want to do is provide insights inspiration and motivation around marketing i hope you've learned a lot about relationship-based marketing we touched on why it's so important some practical steps on how you can apply it um, we got some really great words of wisdom from Michael, who's been doing this you know, for most of his career. And I think you really, I hope you got a lot out of it. And you're going to find a new episode next week. So make sure you hit the subscribe button and we'll see you then. Catch you on the next one.